Welcome to the Daily Standard Podcast, brought to you by our friends at SaneBox.com. Take control of your email, get back to Inbox Zero, and get a great deal, including $25 off. I will explain how coming up. But first, will email really matter once we've all died in the horrific nuclear conflagration unleashed by North Korea? Let's ask our Korea expert, Ethan Epstein. And you know, Ethan, you don't sound Korean. Uh, but I look it, right? It's my blue eyes, yeah. <laughs> but you uh, actually do know quite a bit about Korea. You've been writing about it and covering it for years. Been there many times. And speak, you speak the language, but, yes. So give us a, an example of something that you might say you know, as you're toddling around Seoul. Uh, kimchi tojuseo, which means bring more kimchi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good. So what do people say in Seoul when you're there about North Korea? Before we talk about the macro vision of this problem and American presidents who've confronted it. What about the micro? I mean, you're living in a city that at any moment, a hail of 100,000 artillery shells could come raining down upon you, sent by a guy who doesn't seem to be completely mentally stable. Mm -hmm. How do the South Koreans live like that? Uh, well, they're used to it. I think that's that's the biggest part. So they've been threatened for decades. Um, I was just there a couple of weeks ago during a particularly sort of uh, belligerent time from Kim Jong-un. But, you know, the restaurants and bars are filled. People are living their lives. Obviously, the political conversation is dominated by this question, but uh, it's a pretty comfortable first world existence for the people in South Korea, for the most part. Uh, when you say Kim Jong-un to them, what's their, do they think of him as kind of a goofy, chubby, bad haircut loony, or is it more frightening more immediate it might not uh, he's he's not a figure of fun like he is to some americans nor and i right. don't think he should be to americans either but he's also not uh, at least among the people that i know and uh they don't view him as as menacing as, uh, as perhaps they should which is which is another point i might make they don't see him as menacing they look uh, his dad and his grandfather, they have all launched terror attacks that have killed South Koreans. Uh, you know, Kim Jong-un just killed his brother in an airport in Malaysia. So clearly there's some recognition that they're capable of aggressive acts. Mm -hmm. But I don't think anyone is expecting to wake up tomorrow with missiles raining down on their, their house. I'll put it that way. Uh, when you say that people should be more concerned, why? And why should we here in America be concerned? Well, I think this guy is different than his father and his grandfather. Uh for one, there's just the speed at which they're um, progressing their weapons program, but there's also the rhetoric they're using. So Kim Jong-un is big on uh, the language of reunification. Now, I happen to be in favor of Korean reunification, but from the other side, uh, uh, it's a goal that he is discussing much more frequently than his father did. And he's also developing weaponry at the same time. So th if you look at those two things occurring simultaneously, it's worrying. Because the argument I've always heard is, ah, this guy, he's just, you know, he's he's living in relative luxury as best you can in North Korea. He realizes he's got the best gig he's ever going to have. He just wants to hold on to power. He doesn't care about the geopolitical stuff beyond just holding on to power. But you don't necessarily agree. He seems a little, like, he seems to take a more expansive view of what he wants to accomplish. I agree that that was pretty much what his dad thought. It was all about maintaining the regime mm -hmm. in their little strip of Korea there. Right. Uh 
just judging by both the the rhetoric the by the way the incredible viciousness which which with which he's governed at home not that his father was anything but brutal but well, give us an example of like something that he's done that got your attention mass purges of the elites uh, including executions not kim jong uh, il his dad when he got mad at an elite he would usually send him off to a labor camp and then a few years later they could come back and right. be rebuilt kim jong un kills them oh, okay. uh, in, including family members uh i'm still fascinated by the way about that uh assassination where you had the two friendly ladies right. rubbing the guy down and they don't know that they each individually have the ingredients for the deadly toxin until they put the two yeah. together. It's just, wow. It's an that interesting like, defense. It's yes. out of yes. like, a movie or something. Yes. Uh, so there's all that stuff. And then there's the there's the, as I've already said, sort of the aggressive rhetoric sure. we've heard. Yeah. Well, you can say what you want about the aggressive rhetoric of Kim Jong-un. At least he has not aggressively pounded my email with spam. I am so sick and tired of the tidal wave of spam and junk mail that has taken over my email. But that's why I jumped on board with SaneBox.com. SaneBox.com lets you take control of your email again. It puts your email to work for you instead of you having to work to having to delete stuff and sort stuff and find stuff let sanebox do the work for you sanebox sorts through email and moves all the trivial stuff into a different folder so the only messages in your inbox are the ones you actually want to see now aside from removing all the junks you can focus on messages that matter there's also a great feature called the black hole you get an email from someone you don't want say it's Kim Jong-un and inviting you to vacation in Pyongyang. You don't want to get these anymore. So you drag it into something called the black hole. You move the email into that and you will never hear from that sender again. Now, look, we all could use more organization in our email lives. So here at the Weekly Standard, we'll put together a great deal. Visit SaneBox.com slash Weekly Standard today. You can try the service for two weeks. And then if you decide to buy you get an additional $25 off. You don't even have to enter your credit card information unless you decide to buy. So there's no risk. Just visit sanebox.com, sanebox.com slash weekly standard. That's sanebox.com slash weekly standard. So you've got a guy who may really believe he somehow can have the power if he becomes a nuclear power to bring unification of the peninsula under his governance under that flavor of socialism, communism, whatever that they yes. are the last in the world to hold on yes. to. Stalin. I mean it's it's not it's nominally communist. It's really it's it's a theocracy base. It's a cult. Uh yes. Uh, of course, this is contingent on the Americans sort of withdrawing from South Korea. Because South Korea is of course not a nuclear sure. power, but we protect them. Uh uh, but I think you know certain stars are aligning in such a way that we, that might not actually be the case in a few years. So we'll see. We might not be protecting South Korea? Well, they're probably going to elect a leftist president next month who's mm-hmm. very hostile to the American presence there. He's sort of had decades as an anti-American activist. And Donald Trump, of course, he's sort of changed what he said since he was elected. But throughout the campaign, his whole shtick was like, well, Korea's not paying us enough, blah, 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 <laughs> blah, 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 blah. So I don't know. What do you think of uh, Vice President Pence going right there to the DMZ, looking over the wall, watching the North Korean soldiers take pictures of him? 
It's a great. I mean, it's a fun thing. To, I've done it. Uh, it I recommend it. Really? As a, yes. Yeah. No, I've made a high. Con- it was one actually the most chilling experiences of my life. Was wait, wait. They let you? They let me. I mean, see, they'll I'm, let I'm, anyone. My yes, apologies yes, to those of you yes. on the podcast here, but he's a diminutive <laughs> figure, not yeah. one to inspire fear. Right, right. No, I was frightened. In fact, yeah. No. <laughs> well, tell what happened. Tell me about that. Uh, so you get. I mean, you get literally right up there on the border, and there's a bunch of North Korean soldiers standing there, and they tell you not to make eye contact with them. Mm-hmm. So How of course far you away do. are they? About. They were right through a window. I'd say five feet. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right there. <laughs> and we made eye contact, and I got goosebumps, and like my heart started pounding, and I quickly looked away. It was and, like I probably had nightmares about that for many uh, months. Afterwards. How difficult was it to get there? I mean, because Seoul's not that far. It's not far, but we were part of like a. I was on a very VIP tour, I oh, should I say. See. So it was like a special like government tour. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, you're right. Geographically, it's right. 25 miles. Yeah, that's from what Seoul. people yes. in the United States don't get either. I mean, they think of these two countries, and that when for some reason your brain, you think like right. that. But you know, if you've been to Detroit. Detroit, Michigan, and Windsor, Canada. Exactly. I mean, it's, yes, yes. They're there. Yes. If we fight with yes. Canada, I got bad news, Detroit. You'll, <laughs> yeah, the city exactly. of Detroit yeah. may suffer through millions of dollars of yeah. improvements yeah. <laughs> if there's a fighting yeah. war. But um, so you've been there, you've looked them in the eye, you've watched this rhetoric. Quickly though, you're making a really good point. Uh, maybe, maybe in, uh, unintentionally. Yes, exactly. no, no. <laughs> it's this, like my comedy. The best yeah. is the unintentional kind. Right. No, it's a freak. It's a freakish accident of history that they're split. They were one country for right. thousands of years. Like mm-hmm. it's the fact that we even think of a North and South Korea is just a totally bizarre historical anachronism that is due to end. Can carry on. No, that's a very good point. If you divided California or Texas or something, I mean, it just it would just seem strange. It'd be to weird, us right? It would yes. be weird. So, if you got the phone call from President Trump today and he said, "Register, huge fan, huge," <laughs> what would your advice be about American foreign policy moving forward? So, I actually think uh, again, this could be like the. What you, the point that just happened here, where perhaps accidentally he's actually being very clever about it. I think the belligerent, the, our bellicose rhetoric is smart right now, not so much because it scares North Korea, but because it scares China, who has the the real leverage over sure. North Korea. They, like all of us, they really don't want another Korean War. And if they view Trump as crazy enough to maybe start one, that could actually persuade them to do things that they've been loath to do to North Korea. Like the big thing would be cutting off energy exports there. They haven't taken that step yet, but, you know, let Trump keep issuing these crazed tweets and maybe that'll happen. So how significant was it when China sent back shipments of North Korean coal back to North Korea? One of the few things that North Korea mm-hmm. can export, one of their few customers. Yeah. Uh, semi. The question is whether it's durable. They've done these kind of things before. Oh, they have. Yeah, but it's it's proved to be temporary every time. So it certainly bears watching. It's it's a good start, but it'll they'll need to maintain that for it to have any effect. Final question and the most important question for you, Ethan Epstein: the best Korean food that people never order is oh, um. I'm, I can only think of the really disgusting ones now, though, which I have like the like the silkworm larvae. However, is that good? Uh, it, it's okay. It's like a street food. So what's like really? Like, tell me something that's really good because all Americans have sure. heard of barbecue they, and the bulgogi, yeah. right? Barbecue. Right. Uh, so actually, it is a kimchi dish, but kimchi jjigae is a kimchi stew, mm. which is just stunningly delicious. Say it again. 
kimchi jjigae. Jjigae means stew. So it's like okay. kimchi stew. You can find it at your nearest restaurant in Annandale, Virginia, which is the uh, <laughs> unofficial Koreatown of Washington, D.C. Uh, I wish I could head over there for lunch right now. Thanks so much, Ethan Epstein, for joining us on the podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to The Daily Standard, a podcast production of The Weekly Standard. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or at Google Play or find all these podcasts at weeklystandard.com, along with other terrific content from your favorite people. When you do subscribe at iTunes, please be sure to give us a five-star rating or leave a review. It helps other people know that you found content that you enjoy. And don't forget, every Friday, it's the Crystal Clear edition of the podcast with our good friend, Bill Crystal. Thanks again for listening. I'm your host, Michael Graham.